Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of Kids Views. I'm here today with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hi. Hello. And Andrea Smith, our technology guru extraordinaire. Hello. Hello. Uh, today on the show, we have a special guest, Cheryl Smith of Consider It Done Transition Services, which sounds like very, <laughs> I don't know, fancy. <laughs> but what we thought was we should do a show on how to sell your stuff online, whether it's clothing or furniture or household goods, because summer is not only the perfect time to do this and purge and get rid of all this stuff, but it's a great thing for your kids to do because it's a great little side job for them. They can photograph, they can post things, they can you can work out a percentage of the finances if you want. They can run their own little small business this summer. But it's a great way to incentivize them to also purge and get rid of stuff, which I think is much harder for kids to do. Um, or maybe some kids, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Mine was really hard. <laughs> really? It's you know, yeah, I don't know. My stuffed animals, no. <laughs> but well, I have to say that when they're selling their own stuff and getting money for it, yeah, they they do move faster. Yeah, and it's way better than hosting a garage sale where you're still stuck with all that. You have to set it up. You have to you have a specific day. If it rains, you're kind of screwed. I mean, I'm all for the garage sale. Or in Brooklyn, when I was growing up, it was a stoop sale. Um, yes, and that was the joke in my neighborhood growing up was everyone's crap just rotated between each other's homes <laughs> because everyone just bought each other's crap at the stoop sale, and then you probably bought it back two years later. <laughs> um, but it's a great time to do that. So Cheryl will be with us today with tips and tricks on how to sell and places to sell different things. And maybe it's worth listening to with your kids because, you know, get them involved, get them excited. And we'll be right back with Cheryl. So we are back with Cheryl Smith of Consider It Done Transition Services. And Cheryl, we are so excited to have you on. Well, same here. I'm excited to be part of the conversation. I love what I do and I love talking about it with people. You know, it's really interesting. We, the three of us were sort of talking about how summer is this time where you start to like clean out your closets. I know people talk about spring cleaning, but I think summer people actually have the time or at least they have the plan to have the time. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. I think they do have, people have that more, more flexibility and, um, you're around it more like when you're home on vacation or the kids are home, you kind of see those closets that are too full or cabinets that are crazy. So I think you kind of get that bug to get it taken care of before school starts again, right? Or before you send your kid to college. Yes. I mean, I think that's a big thing for me. It's funny. I was, um, my daughters, they just put away all their own laundry and I've stopped looking at their drawers a long time ago because it made me insane. <laughs> but uh, one of my daughters started a job where she needed to be like work casual. And I was like, you know what? I think you have enough things in your closet that you could put together to make that happen. So I, of course I went in there and made that mistake. And I was like, Oh my God, what is happening <laughs> that's a big job. Yeah. Big it was job. horrifying. So that was mm -hmm. the first thing I made my daughters do this weekend was just go through their drawers. And one of my daughters had a bunch of Brandy Melville clothes that she doesn't wear anymore. And her first thought was, oh, I could probably sell these. Sure. And I was like, I think you could, but how are we going to do that? So can you start with like, how do you even begin to get stuff ready to sell it online? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I am a huge Facebook marketplace seller. I, I do that for almost all my clients and I do it personally. So the first thing I like to do is get on Facebook and find Facebook selling groups. So, you know, if you have a Facebook account, you can go on and um, 
Zip Marketplace and put put items on there. But if you go up into the search bar and you might choose your, for example, I live in Bloomington, Indiana. So I, I put in Bloomington online garage sales and this whole list of groups already put together, um, came up and I just asked to join as many as I could that had good numbers. A lot of a lot of these groups have over 20,000 people that have eyes on it. That's a good selling group. So the first place to do is get yourself set in those groups because sometimes it takes a day or two for the administrator to give you permission uh, to sell. And usually it's just a request to be on there. That also gives you a chance to look through uh, other postings. So like the clothes you're selling, you could search for for those on marketplace and see what people are asking for those and kind because when you want to when you post it you want to make sure you go in at the right price so you're not having to readjust prices too much because the first time people see it i think is the best time to get it sold oh that's really good advice and how do you feel about clothes like photographing them just on a hanger or laying flat or on a person yeah i find you know and i guess uh, my daughter uh is I have two in college, so we're all about Poshmark, right? They want to sell it. <laughs> so they do, they lay theirs flat. I find, I guess with my age group, uh, people aren't that concerned about it. They just kind of want to see it. But I typically lay it flat so they can kind of, you, I think it's easier to get a better picture of it. And uh, I I do sell some clothes online. Uh, you If you have a hot item, they sell really well online. I've sold like coach purses, um, you know, our accessories sell really well. So yeah, get a good picture and take more than one, like take the inside, if it's a coach purse or if it's a brand name clothing, get a picture of the tag because people like to see that to know it's authentic. And if it's brand new, I don't know if you found any brand new clothes in that mix, but you know, yeah. you can show the tag hanging on there because <laughs> that's, people love to know that it's brand new. So I think that's another good selling point as well. How do you know how to price things? Yeah, you know, it's a seller, it's a, it's the buyer's market, right? When, when I have clients ask all the time about selling antiques, clothes, anything like that, they're like, well, I paid $600 for it. I should be able to get three. And I'm like, well, hmm. you need to check the market. So I, another place I go to, to get pricing is I go to eBay. Um, I don't do a lot of selling on eBay, not because I don't like it. I, I, I've bought many things from there, but I don't like the shipping. I don't have time to get it shipped. So I just sell locally. But if you go to eBay and search for, make sure you search for recently sold items, because that shows you the items that have already been sold. Because if you just go look at the listings, you may find that same pair of jeans, but they've been sitting in there for $50 uh for maybe six months. I mean, you want your clothes to move. So you want to look at what was sold. And so maybe three other pairs sold for, you know, around 30. So, um, I, my advice is to go in a little high, not too much high that gives you a little negotiating room. So if you wanted 30 for the jeans, mark them at 35 and be happy if somebody offers you the 30. <laughs> right. Because people always want to negotiate, right? Oh, absolutely. It is. It's one step up from a garage sale sometimes, but there's always somebody that wants it. But if they really, really want it, um, you're going to get a lot of bidders and you don't have to um, mess with price. And I've actually had some people offer me more than what I listed it for because they wanted it so badly. So um, you got, yeah, give yourself some room to flex in there, but still be happy with what you get when you leave. But the bottom line is you're give, you're getting them to somebody who loves them. I mean, they were in your closet, not getting any love. So, you know, that little philanthropic angel on your shoulder. <laughs> I'm selling it, but somebody else is going to get good use out of it. 
Yeah, I have to say that my daughter, who's 15, she's still kind of learning how to manage her money. And she has just overspent on clothes at times. Yeah. And like, she'll buy something that she loved in the store and spent too much on it. And she'll get it home and she'll wear it twice. And she'll be like, okay, I don't love this anymore. And I've actually been really surprised at how much she's been able to get on Poshmark. It's it's a for those kinds of things. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there are other good selling sites that are geared for clothes. And I think people that go to Poshmark know that's what they're looking for. And I think that is the key is to make sure you post that right item on the uh, item, excuse me, on the right site. So clothing, I definitely would go that direction. It, it's pretty easy to post clothes and, um, you know, get payments taken care of and get it in the mail. So if you have the time, that's a great way to go. If you're not so much about getting to the post office and getting things mailed, then, then Facebook might be or more local selling. Um, and I actually still use Craigslist for bigger items, not clothing, but, um, you know, for household items, garage items, you know, things like that. So you kind of have to know the market. How do you handle the handing over of the stuff and the payment? Like, how do you handle safety when you're doing it in person? Right. So um, I run everything uh, through, I have one site that I do that through. What's great is uh, with all the number of Facebook friends I have, it's amazing how many times we have a connection, you know, a friend, a mutual friend. And that helps too, because I get a sense of who they know and what they know. So I always check that out. I do use a little bit of intuition. And for my clients, um, I handle most of the interactions. And uh, believe it or not, most <laughs> most of the things are picked up off my porch. Um, I do. If you've ever seen PPU on a Facebook post, that's porch pickup. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just FYI, took me a while. And ISO, in search of, I've had a lot of people ask me that too. So um, I really, I check their profiles. I do some other things before I do a final sale on that and ask a few other questions. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty careful about um, meeting anybody. And I've had great experiences with uh, just meeting new local people. I've actually made some connections and got some referrals from <laughs> <laughs> from some people as well. You know, my neighborhood also does PPU, but I have, it's not intentional. People just come and take things off of my porch. <laughs> that, that would definitely not work in Brooklyn. Yeah. We, no, did and I, in, we did it in Ridgewood and we did porch pickup. So I've sold a lot of stuff on Facebook marketplace right, um, in, right. a, in a local seller buyers group and porch pickup was like, you know, you just, I mean, I would leave something out and I would come home and there'd be $5 under my couch cushion. I I call it the magic uh, doormat. I'm like, somebody needs to go check the magic doormat because there should be money under there. But <laughs> in regards to places where it's not safe or you don't want to, I always, when we have to meet up for items, um, I always do it in a public place and at a good time of day. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'll meet you at the Starbucks, uh, you know, at four. And we make the exchange right there with a bunch of other people. So I make sure I know where it's going and, and what's going on with it. So I think that's smart. Yeah. I'm still stuck on the fact that you like, I assumed that you were talking about the payment happens online and then the people come and pick it up on your porch. You're saying that they come and pick it up and leave the money. Yeah. yeah. Now it, yeah, it sure does. There'll be cash underneath your, uh, your doormat. Uh, now I have had people use Venmo and PayPal. I actually have a Venmo account. 
Uh, my older clients said, what, what's Venmo? <laughs> uh, but I have used PayPal and Venmo, but most people just want to deal in cash and they just, they, they pay me cash out. I don't take any checks. Um, that's just too hard. Cause a lot of times I'm working for clients. So I keep an envelope with, with what I sold it for and hand that over to clients. So it's, uh, it, you can work it either way, but I find online it's been mostly in regard to Facebook marketplace. I think Poshmark, it's all done electronically, but in Facebook marketplace, I'd say cash is king 95% of the time. And I also think that's because it's a local community, right? You're in a community with these people. And if some, yeah. someone takes it and there's no money, then you can, you know, go online and be like, hey, you know, someone picked that thing up, but there's, they didn't pay for it. So yeah, I think exactly. there's a level of trust there. But what's interesting, uh, again, on the Facebook groups, um, in the one I was in, someone would post something and then someone would say, you know, interested. And then someone else says next and then next if it falls through. And it's like this right. this hierarchy, you know, this pecking yeah. order that you have to go through. So, you know, a lot of people back out. You know, a lot of people say interested and then you spend two uh -huh. days trying to reach them and then they just yeah. flake out. And then you have to go to the next one. And that can be time consuming. Yeah, it can be. Now I have learned to streamline that. So people who say interested, all I do is give them the thumbs up and I move on. I don't ask any more questions. Like if you really want it, you're, they're going to make an effort. So I don't track them down. I also tell them in the response, if they say interested, I quickly can write back and say, um, you know, 10 in front of you. And a lot of, because when you post on more, what people don't understand is I just put a couch out the other day and it's on 10 different selling sites. And the lady was a little miffed at me because I went to somebody else and I'm like, listen, I was talking to 10 other people at that time. <laughs> you were just because you see your name on the list, but I agree it can be time consuming, but I don't track people down. And I also tell them, I'm like, Hey, I need to know in the next couple hours if you're interested, cause I've got other people. So I just move on and I don't do a lot of um, follow up with them because people who really want it they will keep in touch with you. Right. And I guess, I mean, I also used to write cross-posted so that people knew that it was cross-posted on other yeah. sites. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice to do. I actually don't do that, but I think that's a great, I think that's a great tip. So people realize that they're not the only one. Exactly. Um, I find, I find that people who get in touch with me via messenger. So if they see it, a lot of people will PM me. Um, those people seem to be my most serious ones instead of just saying interested. I'm like, okay, you're interested. Thanks. <laughs> When do you want to pick it up? But you're right. You can spend a lot of time and you just have to kind of streamline it. And um, I think that's just experience that I've gotten quick with it. And you don't need to give them a big, long response um, with your decisions. So for people who want to sell a lot of items, um, mm -hmm. how do you do? How do you kind of help people figure out whether it should be locally on a Facebook marketplace or, you know, to go bigger, to go on eBay or to go on Amazon and sell it there? Yeah. Um, I will tell you one other option that I use. It's a little different than online selling, but my clients who have large amounts of good stuff, um, I use an auctioneer. So that's, I know that's a whole nother topic, but you know, I work with a lot of people who are cleaning out full houses and downsizing quite a bit. Um, again, I think you have to kind of know the market. So larger items like furniture and those kind of things, uh, you know, a rototiller or garden tools, those are so incredibly hard to ship and they cost a fortune. If, uh, if you look into shipping items, uh, I'll, I'll throw out another uh, group I use is uship.com. So I have sold um, bigger dressers and pieces of furniture, but the shipping to get it from Indiana, I 
you know, I sent something to Minnesota. That was another $300 on top of the cost Ooh. of the dresser. Um, and you ship is a place where you can list the item you want to sell and people shipping across the country give you bids. So you can find reasonably priced bids, but I think what happens is buyers don't want to spend that much money to get something. So um, I think you have to be aware of the cost of the shipping. Make sure you include that in your posting. So if they want to bid on it, know that it's going to cost them another XYZ to have it shipped. So I prefer local because number one, it leaves quicker. It's less logistically problematic. And like I said, I use some other venues when I'm talking about like whole rooms of furniture or houses. I think that that kind of opens up a whole nother piece of what we do and how we help people get rid of things in a good way. And do you find that listing things individually is better? Or if you have a bunch of things, do you list them in lots? Like I, I, I'll go through a room and I'll have like 20 books. Like how do I handle mm -hmm. that? Right. So if they're all the same item, I'd keep them together. Uh, uh, let's say you just had a set of like the Harry Potter books and um, I don't know, Little House on the Prairie, right? <laughs> Who remembers mm -hmm. Little House on the Prairie? Both of um, which but, I have. Yeah. <laughs> if you were going to sell those, let's say you're getting rid of those, I would sell them together because they're like items. And you could say uh, $10 each or both sets for 15. So if I have like things or things that go together, that's a, a KitchenAid mixer and some utensils, what I do is I will put in the post, I'll list them priced separately, but I give them a break if they buy the whole lot. And it's so nice. A lot of people will just pay for the whole thing and take it all. Um, if they're all different items, I like to list them separately. And I'll tell you why is it's hard to manage the information coming in. So if you posted five pieces of furniture, people will say interested and you're like, well, are you interested in what? And then that becomes time consuming because like, was it the coffee table or the couch you were interested in? Um, so because these people are pulling up one picture on their phone and looking at one, they're not um, seeing the rest of them. So when they're talking to you about that one item out of a large list, it's hard to keep track of what they're talking about. So I learned real quick to post those separately so that I could have separate conversations with people. Gotcha. Um, th these are great. I just want to talk briefly about what to do. I mean, I've been in a situation, I had to clean out my mom's apartment. I know Rebecca had mm -hmm. to help downsize an apartment. Yeah. What's the best way to efficiently, quickly, and possibly lucratively um, move that amount of stuff? How do you right. do that? Right. Well, it is a process. And I'm sure uh, being personally connected to it with a family member, I know is, it always adds another level of emotion as opposed to, you know, when you hire, consider it done, we go in, you know, with a little different mindset. But the first thing I always tell people, number one, is make sure family gets everything they want. That's most important is once you get all of that situated and settled, uh, make sure everybody gets what they need. After that, you can take a look at selling. So we, we walk around the house we talk about selling items and we that's the point where we talk about should it go on Facebook, should it go on an auction? And we make we make sure that uh, we we actually kind of create some lists and spreadsheets so that we can continue moving those items out of the house because the goal is to get everything out of the house, right? And it's not always quick, but you do. When you've decided you want the house empty, you need to let it go. So then uh, the other thing I always encourage people after we're selling, and that might include also auctioning. 
I kind of, those are two options that I give to people because auctioneers, number one, can put unique pieces in front of the right people. They can get it out of the house quickly. And I can only speak for my hometown and around Indiana. Very few auctions are happening live. Like most of us remember, they're not bringing, you know, hundreds of people into a house to look. Although that does still happen places, most are doing online auctions so they have a bigger reach. So they, they kind of use that eBay method. They actually have auctions running online where people can bid. And that can really put money back into family pocketbooks. But we're, we're, we're careful about letting clients know that, Antiques aren't bringing the same thing they used to be. And uh, we're, we're careful about not saying uh, they're going to make X, Y, Z. So we kind of keep that open because you just don't know who's out there buying. And my the other thing that I love to do, and I think clients do too, is donation. Uh, we donate to a lot of charities around town. You know, St. Vincent de Paul, Opportunity House are some of our local ones that take furniture, households. Um, we have over 450 nonprofits just in my town. We're a college town too. So we have a lot of extra uh, places to donate. So between giving to family, selling online, auctioning and donation, we can pretty much uh, take care of a house usually within a four to six week period, depending on how quickly the family moves. You know, large families take longer because there's more people to come and pick out what they need. So it's a hard job. I mean, it's not easy. It's emotional. People get, you know, tied up in what do I do with the pictures and who gets the family Bible? And we try to help, we hold hands and help people through that because it's a tough time to get through it. But once that house is empty and done, it's, it's great. It's a good relief feeling for a lot of the family members. And it sounds like being able to kind of outsource some of this, you know, lets mm -hmm. you and your family, um, you know, keep track of your emotions, you know, while someone yeah. else is handling the real practical matters. So Yeah. And a lot of people don't live with their parents, right? I mean, live in the same town. What I find is I work with a lot of siblings that don't even live in Indiana. So me being that that uh, connection, like you just said, you know, to take the emotion out of it and get it done, but still get what they need. Um, it's a great it's a great help to to families all over. Yeah, no, this is really interesting because I've never really explored the Facebook marketplaces. Like I kind of see the ads come through or the, the listings come through every once in a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of ignored them. Um, and yeah. I, <laughs> I never thought to sell. I'm a big eBay seller. Um, yeah. I, I used to really, really hate the post office. Now they know me very well there. <laughs> I bet they do. I bet they do. Yeah. But if I could avoid some trips to the post office, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely going to check out Facebook for selling and buying. It sounds like something that I should have looked at a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Well, it's hard to get your hand in everything, right? So you, you got to do what's comfortable. So I love it. So and I, I want to try eBay as well. So we'll get there. And to Cheryl's point, it's really a lot easier to just hand off the item than to ship it, have boxes, pack it up and mm -hmm. get it to the post office. So I think I think it's great. I think that our listeners are really going to enjoy trying a bunch of these things. Amazon, um, Facebook Marketplace, eBay, Poshmark, you know, I think yeah. it, they're all they're all good places and they're all, you know, kind of a different way of doing things depending on what yeah. it is you have to sell. And I think the most important thing is really to just start because I let yeah. years worth of stuff build up in my house that I'm just now tackling. And I keep thinking to myself, if I had just sold like 10 things a month for all of those years, this job would be so much easier. But I kind of saved it up for a big project until it seemed overwhelming. So like, just sell a few things each week, right? Just sell a few things. And when you say, and, and don't get too many things online, like people sell a lot and it gets unmanageable. And I, I'll tell my clients, I'm like, listen, I'm maxed out on selling. So give me a week and then we'll, 
We'll post a few more things because you don't want it to take over. Like you said, it could be time consuming. So make sure you pick a manageable amount so you don't get frustrated with the process because it really can happen. And if it doesn't sell, take it off for a week and then put it back on again. Who knows? That is all excellent advice. Thank you so much, Cheryl. We really appreciate you sharing this wealth of knowledge with us. Yeah, well, thank you. And if anybody visits Facebook, I'll send you the link. If they have any questions, they're more than welcome to PM or just send me a message. If they're struggling, I'd be happy to send a response and help out. Oh, definitely. We will link to your site. We will link to your Facebook page. And um, if anybody has any questions, hopefully we can get them to you and, and help people get rid of their crap. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's, that's start a movement, please. Clear the clutter. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thank you, Cheryl. You okay, take care. And we will be right back with our Bites of the Week. We are back with our Bites of the Week. Amy, what do you have? Okay, so I am not even going to claim that like I was having a hard day because I think my worst days are probably better than a lot of people's great days because I have nothing to complain about. But I was just cranky on this day. And... I saw a video that picked me up so fast, I have to share it. It's of Pigeon the Pup, this dog who had been in a car accident and had lost the use of his back legs. And he still had like this great personality, just really, really energetic, upbeat dog. But the owners, you know, they just felt bad that he couldn't use his back legs anymore. So they wanted to get him a wheelchair. And if you've ever seen like the little doggy wheelchairs, um, they, it basically like cradles their back legs so that they can just, um, you know, run around. And this very short video is of her or him, I forget, getting into the wheelchair for the first time and being able to run around for the first time in years. And Aww. it is, oh my God, it's the most joyous thing you have ever seen. It is, I'm like tearing up thinking about it. So We'll post a link to that and to Pigeon's Instagram page because, of course, Pigeon has an Instagram, um, which is also adorable. Oh, that sounds cute. We have to get on Sadie's Instagram. Oh. <laughs> we have to get on that so she can pay for college. <laughs> I love happy puppy videos and happy Me cat too. videos. Sometimes when I go to bed, I honestly, it's like, so you just read all this awful stuff and the news and it's so depressing. And I literally sometimes just scroll through Facebook looking for happy pet videos. Totally. Because it just makes you happier. So I'm going to have to watch that. You're not alone. All right, Andrea, what do you have? So this week, um, I have a Washington Post, I guess it's an article. Um, they did this amazing, amazing thing called Books for the Ages. Oh, yeah. And what I love about it, first of all, are the graphics. I mean, it's just, it's so visual. And what they did was they, they broke down the best books to read at every age from one to a hundred, but they didn't give like 10 year olds should read these five books. It was, they just picked an age. So like for age one, the very hungry caterpillar and, you know, age six is Ramona the pest. And it goes through, I think at age 30, they finally get to the joy of sex. And I was like, <laughs> really? That should be a little bit earlier, I think. But um, that's still around. I know, <laughs> but it's got great visuals, great pictures, and you can search. So they have it broken down into like, um, you could do a search of 10 to 19, 20 to 29, and so on, and jump to that age group. But they really, really, really do go all the way to 100. Wow. So I think, you know, like at age 87, they've got King Lear. Eh, 
you know, at 87, I think I may choose something other than King Lear, but, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> it seems it's, like a it's, depressing it's, read at 87, <laughs> like the aging despot whose family Plus, abandons read, you know, him. And the kids turn on you. Right. And, you know, they want you oh, dead. And maybe that's why they're having you read that. <laughs> maybe. But wait, if you make it all the way to 98, they suggest life is so good. So, you know, there, oh. there are things to aspire to. The sad thing about that list is that I was looking at it, looking at like the, the books for like when you're really, really old going, oh, I should read that. Oh, I like that. Oh, stretching. I need to like read that one now. Like it, it's weird. Like it just gave me this whole list of things that I didn't want to wait until I was like 80 to read. Well, you shouldn't. Yeah. Also like those, that's a little weird of a concept. Like I know my grandfather, even at 86, like he read mysteries. Like, he loved crime detective novels, like, whatever. Like, he wasn't going to read some, you know, thing that someone decided it was, like, his age. Like, he liked Patricia Highsmith. Like, that's what he, you know. What but it is an age. interesting list. And it's also, it makes a great gift list. Like, something that you yes. can give for, you know, on, on that age. I hope they suggest, like, moving into audiobooks at a certain age, Because that, <laughs> I will say, my grandmother's 102, and I don't care what book they're recommending. Like, well, she <laughs> made it, be audio. no, she made it past the list, so she can do whatever right. she wants. That's my right. grandmother, who was a kindergarten teacher, has kind of gone backwards, not mentally, but in what she, I don't know, like, she's so caught in nostalgia a little bit. Like, I think she probably would rather read, like, The Pokey Little Puppy, The Golden Book, than... <laughs> And listen to a serious She can thing. read whatever she wants. I just exactly. like this because it wasn't necessarily the classics, you know? It wasn't like... No, I love that. Catcher in the Rye and Native Son. It was right. like, it, I think somewhere in the 40s, they've got Where'd You Go, Bernadette, you know, about the <laughs> right. mom who just completely freaks out and has a midlife crisis. So, I mean, it, it's it's great. And it's so visual and I love it. So we'll post That's a link cool. to it. I love that. All right. Well, my bite is nationwide, but you have to really look for it. It is the 40th anniversary of the Muppet movie. Yes. Woo-hoo. The original Muppet movie. And it is in theaters July 25th and July 30th with um, Fathom Events. So if you live near any city, even a relatively small city, usually there is a theater that will be participating in Fathom Events. But you can go online to fathomevents.com. And put in your zip code, and it'll show you where the Muppet movie will be playing near you. Um, Obviously, in New York, there's a few locations. But go see it on a big screen with your kids. If they've never seen it at all, if they've never seen it on a big screen, it's actually quite cinematic. Um, And it's such a joy. It's it's actually, like, a little scarier than I remembered. (laughs) Because I remember rewatching it with my kids and forgot how scary Doc Hopper was that he yeah. was making a, you know, a chain of frog leg restaurants. <laughs> like, it's really dark um, and kind of horrifying, but it does lend a lot more gravitas to Kermit's, you know, crusade. Well, um, can I say it's that? It's really awful. Yeah. One of those dates is my son's birthday, and I was shocked when both he and my husband said that they would love to go on his birthday and see it so we have tickets for his birthday my oh, that's se- so awesome. I don't like he's 17 I was like no he's gonna think it's dumb he loved the idea it really is a movie for all ages that is great it really is it's really smart and it's long like I got news for you like if you've got a little one like it's a it's a long movie I am um, I guess we just had more attention span back then because mm-hmm. like E.T. was long Muppet movie was long all of our movies were long but um, it is great, and it's so worth going. You don't get these opportunities to see these movies on a big screen, and it's a very different experience. So take your kids. take Or not, or just go yourself. 
if your kids won't go. Um, that is our show for today. You can find links to everything we talked about on parentingbites.com and facebook.com slash parentingbites. Rate, review, share, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We love to hear from you guys. Please leave us messages on our Facebook page about things you'd like to talk about. Or things you've sold. <laughs> How the selling's going. Yeah, if your kids have gotten into it, if you have any photography tips. Because I do think photography is a big part of it. Um, yeah. I don't know, not for necessarily with older people, but whatever. We touched on Poshmark. I find like the stuff on Poshmark that has a model showing it not a real model but a person like sells way better but whatever <laughs> let us know what you think and until next week happy parenting bye 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 hey this is our parenting bites disclaimer everything we talk about on the show is our own opinion any products we recommend, it's our own personal recommendation for entertainment purposes only. If you buy something through our affiliate links or you just happen to buy or see or read or watch something that we've recommended, it's at your own risk.